Are you longing for real life change and lasting impact? Here at More to Be, we believe that is possible through a fresh encounter with God and His Word. I'm Angela Sackett. And I'm Lisa Pulliam. And together, we want to help you think biblically and live transformed to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in His work every day. Welcome back to part two, where we're going a little deeper into this episode's topic. Join us now as we continue where we left off last time. A couple of months ago, my mom actually said to me, you know, honey, it's out of your longing, out of your hunger, out of your broken places that you create welcome for other people. And it was just such an encouragement to me. She was really challenging me. Don't avoid the admitting the places where you're broken, where you have need. Um, Embrace those because out of those things, God creates ministry for other people. Mm. I can see that manifesting in your life because when I came down, your house is, is everyday welcome. Mm. Everything, everything about your house, but it's not, it's not staged. It's messy girl. (laughs) Right, right, right. I mean, there were unfinished places, right? There were, there were livable spaces, but your space to me reflected your creativity and your passions, your appreciation for color and, and no color, like your dishes stood out to me, how they're all white (laughs) <laughs> but that you have intentionality with that and like your coffee cup, uh, tell, tell about your coffee cup thing. I love that. Oh. I think about you every time I'm ever someplace, I'm like, I wonder if there's a coffee cup here that Angela would buy. <laughs> <laughs> so share, share about that. Oh, that's so funny. It has to be good coffee wherever I am. It has to be, or tea. I'm, I'm a tea lover too. And it has to represent the place and it has to be white. Some shade of white. I finally had to limit myself to that because I could I could collect so many. I mean, I have some that have flowers on them or drawings on them, but they have to be base white. <laughs> I love that. I love that because what you're doing is you're kind of creating a a story in your coffee mugs because they represent the places that you've been to, but yet they fit within the you have these like little boundary things and I just, I just love it. I don't know why it tickles me so much. When I look at my coffee cups, I think I don't have boundaries with coffee cups. I just, I just have coffee cups. I'm encouraged to know that I do have boundaries that are noticeable. Yes, 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 you do. And you know, your art, your art to me that then, you know, your first room when you walk in with your photos of your family, uh, it's clear that family is of first importance to you. And so I love it when we get kind of comfortable in our own skin, which is what I see when I see you, that you're comfortable in your own skin as a creative soul, as a mom, as a homekeeper, and and creating a place for people to come and be a part of your life. And it's just a great example to me. Mm, girl, you are so gifted at calling out the God things. <laughs> oh, really? Okay, that's good. <laughs> that's good. I just, I, maybe it's because of what I've come from where, you know, one of the principles in the coaching class is that, and I'll say this a gazillion times probably, is that we learn enough bad information by age six to shape us for the rest of our lives, unless it's challenged. Mm. And I keep on coming back to the ways that God chooses to challenge us in community and in relationships with other people. And so I think for extroverts who are willing to develop friendships and get out there and go to other people's houses, you you get exposed to a different way of thinking and doing and living. Whereas 
for introverts, it might be a little bit harder to make mm-hmm. those connections and to have their world exposed a little bit. And so as an extrovert who also lived in a boarding school community, I was just surrounded by so many different women over the last 25 years that have challenged my way of thinking and have mm. given, um, like, I feel like they have given dimension to the scriptures. Mm. So that what does it mean to love your husband and your children? Or what does it mean to create a place for hospitality? Yes. What does it mean to be kind? I I can give you names of a dozen different people who have modeled that for me, yes. not, not, not taught. Like, it's not like they were saying, this is the way you should do it. But by watching their lives and interacting with them, I, I get, I get a glimpse of what that looks like in real life. Yes. And I think I'm at a place, which I think is the joy of being in your forties of not feeling like I have to do it like them. Yes. But then I, I can be inspired by that and say, okay, how do I create a place of hospitality in my home yes. according to the way God made me? Yes. It's so funny that you say that. I immediately had this, uh, remembered having a conversation with my daughter. She spent a month in Hawaii this summer. And we're in a place in a season in our family's life where we don't have a lot of Christian friends. Um, just mm. It's just where we are. Um and she was in a place where she was in a with a, a very dear heart Jesus girlfriend, and uh, she's in a church that's really active with a really active youth group. And there was this young couple there, a military couple, so they move around a lot. Very newlywed, I think maybe a year or two at the most. They've been married, and they invited my daughter and two other girls over for game night. And um, I guess a couple of times while she was there, they invited them over. They just make this their ministry. They invite youth in the church over and they'll play games and they'll talk about the word together and serve tea and sometimes invite them for an impromptu dinner. And I remember her telling me about this girl, this young wife, and how she, you know, she said, I just watched her, how she interacts with her husband and how her husband Mm. makes it possible for her to welcome people and how he... and invites others to serve you know they the first night there they get a a free pass but then after that they have to help clean up dishes or they have to help set the table and um just watching her mind as she was studying this young woman who may or may not and she seems very intentional but she may not realize even the level Mm -hmm. that she's being observed and taught she's teaching yeah um, just by the way that she's living her life the way that she looks at her husband when he's talking or the way that she makes tea, you know, whatever it is. Right. There's right. that sweetness and God using others to, to, you said it, model, model, flesh out scripture. Right. And we read that in, when we, we had our episode on the Ephesians 2 passage, uh, it says verse seven. So God can point to our, us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us as shown in all he has done for us who are united in Christ Jesus. And uh. that, Right. So that example is so powerful. And I think that part of the challenge, I'm getting on a soapbox here. (laughs) I I think that church is incredibly valuable. We are all to belong to a body, a local body of Christ. We are to show up on Sunday mornings and be fed by a godly pastor who's preaching the word and worship together, regardless if if it's a joyful noise or beautiful sound and pray (laughs) together and, and steep ourselves in the scriptures. I think there is such a valuable place for that teaching and that corporate teaching. But I, I think that the scripture applied comes through everyday life together. Yes. It's through that one-on-one relationship and that example. And if we don't have that, 
I think that leads to a lack of fulfillment, joy, peace, purpose Mm -hmm. in our lives. But what do you do? Uh, And maybe this is a question you can answer because you've lived in the real world longer than I have. I mean, 18 years at a boarding school, a community was forced on me. I didn't have a choice of having my own space. I didn't have to think about, am I going to invite students over? We were assigned when we lived in a house, we were assigned to host an open house twice a year. Literally given $50 to $100 at 7 o'clock on a Friday night, you had no idea if you were going to have three kids show up or 150 kids show up. And they would come in and you had to figure out hospitality, game, food. You had to clean your house for it. Like it was forced upon you whether or not it was your gifting. And my heart would race in the early years. I was terrified like of how do I interact with all these people and what am I supposed to do? And every year I had this tradition. I'd actually take a photo of the shoes at the door. because. Oh, my see, word. Are you kidding me right now? Yeah. Yeah. Why I you did do that this? last night. Uh, <laughs> it's the shoes. The shoes the make shoes, me cry. They make me yes. cry every time. They make me cry. If I saw like 40 stinky high school sneakers yes. at my back door, I was like, oh, my word, Jesus. This is your, your, your thing. I cannot even. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So living now in like the real world where I'm not at a boarding school anymore, it's really hard to figure out how to get 40 kids over your house. It's not the norm. And our house isn't large enough to get 40 kids in our door. So so how do you do that? How do you develop relationship in which scriptures can be carried out and taught beyond Sunday? What do you do? Well, you know, I think you're right in that in some ways it's as terrifying as it was for you. It's almost easier when it is forced on you. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I have I've done in our home and I've kind of encouraged moms around me to do is look for areas that it naturally happens. So, you know, if you are um, I have a friend, 73 year old woman who um, oh, she's one of my dearest, dearest friends. She is a former church planting missionary, and her uh, daughter was called to the mission field as well and refused to go until her mama was cared for. So she now lives in a, um, not assisted living, but a, um, a community for mm-hmm. older people. She has her own apartment, but definitely there is nursing home. There's assisted living around her, and she jokes and says, I live with the old people. Mind mm. you, she's white-haired herself. Um, but she is a feisty woman who loves the word of God and she loves women and she's passionate about speaking the truth and love to women. And um, she makes herself go to lunch in the dining hall once a week so that she can be around the older people. Oh, how funny. <laughs> right, right. And she seeks the community. about politics or about, you know, daily life or whatever. And so I think um, a lot of it's just having our eyes open, right, to mm-hmm. what's around you, you know, I know you've got kids that are in various sports. Um, we had last night over the swim team and I was a yeah. little shaken in my boots. I don't know a lot of the kids. I don't know their names. I see them swim and I scream for them, but I don't know their family backgrounds. I don't know anything about them. And I am cracking up because I literally took a picture of the shoes. That's so funny. 
Well, it is scary, but you know, just, we even went over as a family before they came in. Okay. You know, my daughter grabbed me and said, right now, when that first awkward moment happens and the first couple people are here and you're not sure what to say, what do we do? And kind of creating a game plan. Okay. We're going to gather in the kitchen, offer him drinks. And you know, she's 17 and she's a a rising host of her own, but she thinks that through, you know? So yeah, I think that's a part of it. Just look for what's happening around you, you know, girlfriends work or, um, and then not getting stuck in our heads. Cause you, uh, I, uh, I think it was Sunday. We invited a couple of families over that live more than an hour away, um, mm-hmm. that we hadn't met at a, a Christian camp retreat center where my husband works and we had them over to make gingerbread houses. We were going to make gingerbread houses anyway. So why not invite other people over? And we cleaned, but I'm thinking, I'm hoping I'm not the only one who will say this. We, yeah. I had everything got shoved into my office that I didn't have time to clean. Oh, and, love the honesty. Good. <laughs> well, I, I made myself go the extra step and I'm not, I'm not saying anybody has to do this, but for me, I didn't want to get all caught up in my headspace of things being perfect. So when we took the families around and, you know, first time in your house, sometimes you'll, people want to see your home. So we kind of showed them the house. And I said, oh, now I'm going to show you real life. And I winged open my office door. Oh, good, good. I literally can't step into it without stepping over something. Um, but just right where we are, they're mamas too. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah. I want them to know I don't have it all together anymore than they may be in some little pockets, just like they do me. But um, right. right where we are, you know. Right. And I, I had to learn that over the years. Uh, Stephen, he's, he's like the hospitality guy in our family. Uh, because he doesn't fuss or fret over how mm-hmm. things look or the standard, whereas I'm, I have been. So he kind of forced us into hosting small group when the kids were little, uh-huh, and he, he yeah. just felt like that needed to be a place. And actually, when the twins were born, it was the best place because I couldn't get a babysitter or bring two nursing babies with me. So I actually had the idea if we hosted small group and I needed to disappear to nurse the babies, I could. And still participate as much as possible in that small group. But what that ended up doing was create kind of a rhythm in our families of this is when we clean. And so Saturdays yeah. before a small group would happen, I my my words were, we're going to just major on the common areas. So oh, I love that. The, the hall bath, the dining room, kitchen area, for us it wasn't, it was an Eden kind of space. And then the living room. And so we could at least dust, vacuum, and relocate all the laundry baskets. Yes. And the rest of the spaces would not be clean. And I have kept that kind of standard up. We don't clean on a regular basis. We need to, but we don't. Um, I have majored on the common areas. Where we gather together, that's where it needs to be picked up daily. Uh, Usually me, sometimes everyone else. And I do not patrol the bedrooms. You know what? We actually had, we called it the private quarters when we were <laughs> That's great. young parents. We lived in a, a three-story townhome and we would have, gosh, sometimes 50, 60 kids over every Sunday night for a Bible study and worship. They would pile up on my stairs. There were, I mean, mm-hmm. shoving bodies in and always they'd have some of my babies on their laps and Aww. same thing. I would sneak away to feed the baby. Um, but we, we would say the upstairs is the private quarters. The main floor is what got picked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there is a way that you just have to figure out how to manage it. 
So as we go to close out this episode, which is obviously something I'm pretty passionate about, I just want to ask you, if you're listening, is there some reshaping, maybe some planning that you need to do to set yourself or your home up for being more welcoming, for being able to practice biblical hospitality? Maybe you need to seek out some practical resources to make hospitality a part of your life. And then more specifically, is there maybe one person that right away came to your mind that you just need to invite over some for, for some real life FaceTime. So kind of simmer on those a little bit. And then, um, you know, it occurred to me, I think for all of us, the practical side of hospitality is where we struggle. We talked about, you know, spaces in our homes and we might have some fear that we'll get it wrong or not be able to work out the nitty gritty of actually opening up our homes. And I just wanted to share with you, I've actually written a series on everyday welcome just about this topic of biblical hospitality um, with practical tips for arranging your home and recipes and biblical encouragement. So you have some hands-on tools to set you up to dive into hospitality and really enjoy it. Um, So I just want to encourage you to check out the show notes for this episode for the links to those resources um, at Everyday Welcome. Mm. And with that, Lisa. I'm (laughs) so glad. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad you shared about your resources because as I've said from the beginning of this uh, particular episode that we've been focusing on hospitality, you inspire me. You have been a source of uh, thinking about hospitality from the place of creating space to welcome the people of God and to welcome those who don't yet know God and, and to have them see just what it what it looks like to say, come, sit and be fed. And that to me reflects the heart of God, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So let me pray that we would be able to move into that concept of hospitality as we go forth today. Lord Jesus, I thank you for Angela. I thank you for her wisdom and the gift that you've given her to see hospitality as a spiritual gift that she can walk in. God, I know from the study of the gifts that I've done that it is actually a gift that you give people. But even when those of us who maybe lack in that area of gifting, we can learn the skill and we can learn the heart and we could adopt the motive of the heart. That is to uh, do the things that you have given us the opportunity, the resources and the privilege to do for the sake of making um, those that we're doing life with feel welcomed. And that God, that welcome would be the invitation to get to know you more. So I pray that you would continue your work in shifting our mindset to line up with your word and to shift our lives into alignment with your purposes. And I pray all this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the More to Be podcast. We're praying you've experienced a fresh encounter with God and his word during our time together today. Be sure to visit moretobe.com slash podcast for show notes and free downloadable resources. May you continue to think biblically and live transformed to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in his work every day.